Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. This is the Know Thyself Podcast. Welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. <laughs> I'm here with Daniel. Hello. And I'm Eduardo. Oh, that was a great uh, way to just sort of check audio. Daniel just knows how to make me laugh. Um, hey, man, it's really good to see you today. And very exciting stuff we've already been talking about off um, air or out of the recording sessions. And, you know, just sort of finding a way to come back from the last episode in regards to the year of the dragon and, you know, so, so much of the energies that we talk about and the vibrational codes that I was just saying uh, before we hit record that affect our lives that then lead us to this conversation. And the conversation that Daniel and I are talking about is sort of the spiritual construct that Daniel was uh, referring to um, while we were debriefing and sort of understanding like what that really represents. You know, when we talk about vibrational code, for instance, you know, you've heard multiple times, you know, what you put out into the universe will tend to come back to you. You know, the way these patterns work and the way that you can connect to these patterns can obviously have an effect on not just yourself, but on the people around you and what your reality ends up presenting um, from those thoughts that you may have and the patterns and habits that we all create in this life. But some of the patterns and habits that we have are presented to us as our only options, which limit us because we think, well, this is how it is, right? Whether it's like a nine to five, five days a week, or, you know, what things to eat, what things to wear, what things to eventually think. And then before you know it, the web is created out of all these little soldiers or all these little working ants that are just following into a pattern presented for you, but you can go outside of that pattern. And I think we revere a lot of people or we, or we, uh, give a lot of credit to people who become, you know, self-motivated, self-efficient, um, basically just find out how to be the best version of themselves. And then they create their own pattern and their own construct. And again, we, we've talked about individuals like this. And again, in this society, especially now with a lot of self-help books and individuals who want to tell you how to lead a path of success, you know, people are finding ways to get there but it's very easy to just still be swayed by the programs that i think we can plug into um on a day-to-day you know for me it's like a commute to the software i use to do editing um before you know it i'm kind of just in the rhythm and don't even realize like what patterns i'm following into so Mm -hmm. the spiritual um construct that we were talking about i really want to take a deep dive with you on this based on last episode and also just like the energy of Pluto and all these other planetary energies that affect um, how we make these decisions. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely, man. And I think that was a, a fantastic way to approach um, and continue the conversation that we were having last, yeah. last session together when we were looking at Pluto's movement into Aquarius, because that's really what it is. It's the, the blossoming of the unique unfoldment patterning of the sovereign individual. That's what the Aquarian age is, is all about. Mm. It's really about the, the blossoming of your unique lotus flower and allowing for that authentic development to happen, just like it authentically happens in nature. And, and it is, it's, it's one of those things that we really have to understand uniquely, not only how this universe like specifically speaks to us and communicates to us, but also how we specifically communicate with it. 
and how we can better get its attention and understand what it's looking for us to unfold through the cycles and patterns that are constantly presented to us. The fixed patterns of this reality tell us the fixed component of almost the programming within the spiritual construct. And this is something that is, it is fixed in time. There's no changing that the Pluto is moving into Aquarius. There's nothing we can do about it. But our awareness, our understanding of what that backdrop is going to present for the potential cycles and patterns and, and for this new awareness of how to use our energy, well, that that's going to create assistance with us in that process. But that's time. That's that's a fixed component about this reality. Mm. We can't we can't alter those components, but it's it's about learning that dance and then understanding how to dance more, you know, with a flow with it. And eventually the nature asks the right magician to lead the dance, to assist in its process of the unfoldment of the collective consciousness, this understanding of love, truth, and wisdom. And that's the highest accord of understanding this beautiful dance that's happening within this, this spiritual construct. And what's so fascinating about this construct as it is, it's, it's, this, it's like this construct of experience, but there is two programs running, and that's the tree of life and the tree of death. And, and understanding how these are in operation allows for us to shift our frame of reference within the, within the construct to pay attention and to point our, our spiritual direction towards the tree of life, towards the, you know, the extracting of love, truth, and wisdom out of every moment, to the advancement, to the, to the better attunement of our imagination, our intuition, and our empathy, you know, these, these unique tools that the tree of life offers with its path, with its path. And it's, it's simple in its, it's simple in its conclusions, but it's the spiritual journey to arrive at those conclusions. But the end is so simple in the spiritual process. That's what's so fascinating about it. But the journey to it is a lifelong journey that the sovereign has to take and it has to always understand. And it's, and it very much is, you know, when we're kind of speaking about spirituality, it is, it's, it's very much like this, this, this path of like riding the bike and you ride the bike and then you fall off and you forget, right. And then you, you forget what you are and you get caught up into the, into the carnal carnival. You get, you get, you get, you know, hypnotized by the lights and the music and you play the games, but then there's this remembering again and you get back on the bike and you start getting connected again and you continue the spiritual journey. And, and as we spiritually develop, we just, there's less times that we're spending off the bike. Like even when we fall down, we get back up faster, but it's a unique process because you really don't see the distance that you cover because of this, because once you're cruising, you're just in the flow. And that's, what's so amazing. And that's what we're really looking at is, is understanding this construct, understanding it as this unique programs of like codes that it's presenting to us. And through our active alchemical observation, we can learn to decode these codes and better understand how this universal life force is trying to simply communicate through us through the complicated matrix. And it's going to be so simple. It's in those simple moments that you have like this beautiful connection in nature. When you're at this like peace in the yoga mat, when you're in this like deep meditation, it's these like deep, deep, deep awarenesses. But if we're not in tune to that, how it speaks to us and understand how it's how it kind of communicates through through these codes of experience we're just we have blinders on 
you know, and that's, that's what that magnetic pull of that, like the hive, you know, carnal carnival matrix is, it pulls you away from this awareness of the bigger thing that's happening. And the, in the remembrance of, you know, I'm not, I'm not from this experience. I'm not from here. I'm traveling through here, you know, traveling through the valley of the shadow of death. And so this understanding of it, I think is, is so vital. And there's not a more important time to pick up on this because it was almost like in that past period in Capricorn, that was like the training. It's like we all had a, a governor on our engines during that period. It's like our cars could go 180, but it's like they were stopping at 95. Well, that governor is going to come off now, you know? So for the sovereigns, it's like tap into that generator. Like it's like vroom, vroom time. You know, we're really going to be able to speak and, and operate within this construct in a way of limitation that we've never experienced before. We're really going to be able to tap into it. But if you weren't learning your spiritual tools in these past 20 years, you're going to go right into the wall at 180 miles per hour because you didn't even know that the construct was going to be so receptive to you. So again, it's, it's, the, it's the living with intention is, is becoming causal. It's the causal aspect of life. Seeing rather than living in the effect, no, you could read the cycles and the patterns that nature is providing for us to better understand what we're going to find in the construct at that moment. And now it's a backdrop. It's not, it's not immediate. If it was too in your face, it would, it would, it would be, and it is very in your face, but it, it hides in plain sight. And it's like, it's only if you're aware of it, then you get to see these cycles and patterns and you understand these, these bigger, you know, evolutions that happen in the collective. And that's, what's so, you know, fascinating about like transits with Pluto Neptune and Uranus, they're not the personal planets, the beyond the, they're, they're beyond the seven planets, which are the more personal, right? So it's, they're more collective planets. They're like the next octave that really looks at like the collective unfoldment of the universal consciousness, but also it looks, it, it looks at just the patterns of consciousness. So it looks at the patterns and potential of consciousness of the tree of life. And it also looks at the consciousness potential of the tree of death. And both are activated at this time. There's always two running in this program. And that's what makes it so unique in awareness. And that's what makes it so important to be, to be aware of the map of meaning of the map of experience and learning that you're always in the cosmic classroom. It's just something that's in a concentrated experience that's happening in front of us at all moments. And it's that alchemical frame of reference that allows for us to, to really observe and understand this, this, this remit, like this rhythmic pattern that nature is presenting and unfolding in front of us. That's trying to break through the complication. It's breaking through the complexity. It's breaking through the deception. It's breaking through the illusion. And it's a simple, simple truth that's coming through. And, and it's only when we can tap into the simple and understand it that we can actually attune to it and, and really turn on our generators for this unique um, unfolding of, of what these next 20 years are going to offer the, um, you know, the, the, the spiritual sovereigns. Right. No, well said, man. I, um, you said so many great things in, in, in all that, especially with the simple something that I've enjoyed listening to you talk about the simple. And I think we've even mentioned about how 
when, you know, getting to a point where you can sort of rattle yourself out of this, you know, maze and this sort of hypnotized um, place that you can be stuck in and not connect to the higher self and not be in that state of mind of looking at the tree of life. Um, it always takes a tragedy of some kind, or it takes some kind of really dark path that then brings you back to a place to finding a new road that leads you to a higher way of understanding what all, all things are and how to get back to the simple. And that's kind of what I've, what I really see in, in a lot of people is that if they're stuck, okay, if they're stuck in, in terms of their spiritual um, connection to the simple and to truth and love and wisdom, uh, if they're stuck and not, and not able to touch in that reality, then there's substance and there's other different modes of entertainment that might get us there. But truly to get there, you know, you'll always see it simply at the end of someone's road, right? So at, at someone's physical deathbed, they'll talk about, you know, maybe their regrets. So they'll talk about, you know, how they didn't really take time to live simply. And this happens constantly because they're no longer tapped into the game. They understand that their physical body is tapping out of this sort of um, program that's been put in front of us to sort of connect to and try to win this game at, you know, and that might be with money and that might be with security and that might be with the fears of, of, of the fears. It's like, okay, we need you to believe in these fears. We need you to understand that these fears are real and they could happen at any point in time. And if you really concentrate your energy on how to avoid these accidents that could happen to your life, you might just retire and move to Florida. And so people kind of like play that game. They're like, okay, that seems like the safe route. And then it's not till the very end when maybe they have their grandchildren or something happens in their life where they're like, you know what? I'm out. I'm no longer going to tap into that. And they sort of look over to the right or over to the left, whatever side they're looking over outside of these patterns. And they realize, oh, the code was always here. The vibrational code was always here. And it, it it's in love, you know, maybe by the way they feel that their life is now coming to its end or a new life is, you know, begun with their grandchildren or whatever moment they have. And once they're connected into that, they realize like how simply you can live and how you can make these moves much fluidly, but it's hard to make these moves because then you get caught up in even terms like the woo, right? It's like people want to talk about things like the secret, or they want to talk about things that they've heard about. And you're like, Oh, are you one of those believers that if you really believe it, it'll come to fruition. And you kind of get ridiculed for sort of wanting to tap into an unconventional pattern as they say, but it's not unconventional. It's there for you. And it's there for you to sort of understand the same you would with the, the tides, you know, it's like how they're moving, when they're moving, what the weather patterns are could benefit you or could destroy you. But if you have a good understanding of it, you can really, you know, get ahead without having to use too much of your physical power and let the winds blow your sails in a direction that would be much more uh, arduous if you went against the wind or in a really bad storm. And I just think it's interesting that we can talk about nautical navigation. You know, we can talk about the Polynesians and how great they were at following the stars and understanding these patterns and how they got from one place to another. We can talk about it, but we talk about it in such a past tense that's like, well, we know we no longer need those sort of tools that are around us. Um, we have everything we need right now, technologically speaking, to advance forward. There's no need to dig deep into the simple. 
And that's where we're absolutely incorrect. You know, we're getting so much further away from the simple that it's becoming more complex to tap back in and not even sure. complex to tap back into this uh, spiritual uh, construct that we're talking about, but you almost might get ridiculed. It's like, well, what are you doing? How are you not making more money? And how are you not working more hours? You should be doing, doing, doing. And you realize like, whoa, they just turned up the, the, the levels of how we get this reward system and this feedback in a way that is worse than ever. You know, consumerism used to be at least sort of a gradual thing uh, over the, the last, say, like 60 years. It's like, okay, you're going to do this to get this to get this, and then maybe you'll get this. Now it's like, it's fast paced. It's like, hey, if you really want to, if you're a hustler, like you can really make your life and your living um, exactly what you want. But they're basically hijacking something that was already yours and they're just repackaging for you to be like, play the game, but we'll tell you like where the board game lies. Here's all the pieces. And people are like, I'm winning at this game. It's like, good for you, but you're also getting further and further away from something that not only our ancestors, but our spiritual ancestors from, you know, the entire universal construct have always been aiding us in and have been trying to get us to connect back to. And again, why does it have to be until death or until a birth comes along to taps you right back into what's important? I'm experiencing mm -hmm. it right now. I can say that um, with my son, you know, it's just, it's simple. There's nothing about him that is, you know, involved in this idea of like, a hierarchy of me making more money or being taken more seriously, nothing like that. It's just his eyes, my eyes, his eyes, my eyes. That's all yeah. I see. And as we connect, he allows me to reawaken. He just giggles and then I giggle back and I'm like, this feels so good. And again, it has to be something that intense, like I said, death or a birth that makes you kind of come back to that simple. And so it's fascinating that we never really talk about this. Um, spiritual construct that is always in front of us because you know we're hypocrites about it too you know like here we are doing a podcast and the podcast goes into a system that can record this voice and this conversation and then it goes out into the world and and then we're playing back into the game again but i think why i appreciate these conversations with you is we kind of get to tap out for a second and actually have this conversation about the simple um and how much more complicated it is to get to the simple nowadays so anyways that was my tangent for this morning i, I had a lot of coffee go ahead no i love it man i love it and um yeah absolutely man and it's you know the the simple is 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 just the internal peace that we've fortified over this experience and the understanding that like yeah no the external is not supposed to fall into the patterning always that we need it to. It's about the internal fortifying the self, being the pillar. So, you know, whatever the, the collective hive mind ocean presents to us, we're able to find that pace, find that, you know, grace within ourselves. And, and it, it, it is a fascinating component because as the spiritual potential of the individuals increases, so does the capacity of disassociation. And the deception of sensation. And, you know, one of the things that we'll kind of see with this Pluto and Aquarius is much more of a, a brave new world future than the 1984 future between like Aldous Huxley and George Orwell. It's going to be more of this, this sensation pleasure, you know, tapping into even like the headset kind of component, like we spoke about and everybody else is aware of. 
Um, but it is, it's gonna, it's gonna pull in a unique kind of way of distraction. But just as the cycles and patterns in the amplification and potential of spiritual growth is presented to the, to the collective sovereigns within the, within the system, so is the capacity for dissolution um, and dissolving of that spiritual connection um, through new ways and through new means. There's like a reason why right after this, like this is when the more hip headsets came out was this year. And it's more of less of like little kids playing games now. And it's, and now we're seeing these like people walking around New York city with it on the New York subways with it there. It's starting to become more accepted. Well, that was, that was in accordance with this plan of Pluto and Aquarius because Aquarius is the sign of technology. It's the sign of interconnected networkness, but also how we can utilize that as individuals is, yeah, you know, you spoke about this beautiful connection with your ancestors and there is something unique about the memory of your clay, you know, just like your blood has a memory. You know, we did that episode on blood, that idea that like you are your great, great grandfather, just a different permutation of him. Your blood has a memory. Well, so does your clay and your clay is something you can tap into and, and you can actually extract information from it by, you know, tapping into codes, rituals that were aligned with that clay. So it's a very powerful thing to be able to do. But what's unique is, is as we're approaching this age of Aquarius, we have this more interconnectedness into the collective history of everybody. And so now not only do we have the potential to spiritually tap into rituals of things that might have not been our clay, not only do we have the potential to do that and connect to an ancestral vibration that like wasn't a part of our clay in this, at least in this vessel, but it could have been part of our like spiritual karmic, you know, it could be in the history of our karmic understanding. Like we could have been in that vessel of that clay in a past life or something. We have access to that information and, and not only do we have access to that potential to tap into all of the collective ancestor programs of these deep wisdom, but we also have access to the information because this is the age of Aquarius. I could get a book on Druidism. I could get a book on esoteric hoodoo. I could get a book on, you know, um, like, you know, Australian understanding of Aboriginal, like their, their spiritual process. It's like, it's all out there. It's all these potential connections to these deeper ancestral understandings. It's part of that age of Aquarius because we're, we're a part of this network of connection and we can really much like learn through the collective at this moment, you know, even like what's, you know, and we can even see this, this component of technology, how we can use it with the tree of life, you know, because there is experiences that I witness online that I personally couldn't experience by myself, you know, like somebody hiking a mountain somewhere and they like summit and they post a video of it, you know, building a mud hut in Africa, watching a video of this. Like I personally wouldn't have been able to experience this without the age of Aquarius, but all of a sudden I have this unique frame of reference. I have this unique experience that I was able to witness something that I didn't have to like physically travel to, you know? So it's, it's a fascinating thing in the age of Aquarius. Technology is not an evil thing. It's how we use it. You can really enhance it. Like, you know, thinking about like experiences you, I would not have. Right. So a couple of days ago, it randomly came up on like, like when I turned on to like watch a video and, and it was this, this person 
who was, their voice was so much excitement and they were like at home, right? And that's what they were saying. Like, I'm at home, I'm at home. And from my frame of reference, they were saying, I'm at home going, my frame of reference of how I understand speed, a million miles per hour on a, a, on a motorcycle. Hmm. And they're weaving in and out of traffic and they're speaking calmly. And they even start singing the song, um, Careless Whisper um, by George Michael, just like so comfortably going at like 150 miles per hour on this motorbike, sweeping through traffic. I will never have that experience within this vessel going 150 miles per hour, calmly singing Careless Whisper on a motor, like on a, on a, you know, on like a, um, a motorcycle. Yeah. But through the age of Aquarius and this understanding of this connection with technology, I was able to experience it now vicariously through the lens of like a video feed. But still, like I, I, my, my mind has never even seen like that kind of speed. You know, it's like a very fascinating thing of like what technology does to this advancement of, of consciousness, you know, thinking about when, when we didn't have this kind of technology and not saying it's the first time we've ever did. I don't know. We could have had it before in the past, but it's such a unique way of experience outside of like living in the same village your whole life. Do you know what I mean? For what we get to see and experience. So thinking about it in the spiritual context, like you're open to all of this spiritual information and what generates results is what's valuable. You know, you spoke about that with like, the tides and understanding the moon and like people like talking about the book of the secret. If the method that the secret created for you generates results, well, vroom, vroom, take on, go for that. Do a wheelie with it. You know what I mean? That's perfect. Now, if you read that book and that doesn't keep generate results and you learn how you approach that, and maybe you pick up other books that give you a better, like a more complete understanding of how that attractive component of your heart works and you, you formulate your understanding, how you attract events, experiences and things into your life. Well, and it gains results. Perfect. That's what we're always looking for. It's so simple. Everything is result orientated. If it generates results for the unfoldment of yourself, then this is the programming that's looking to get into us with this Pluto and Aquarius. And again, thinking about everything as a code, everything as a vibration and a frequency, the color of your shirt is a code that you're putting out into the reality and the reality accepts the color of your clothes and it processes it. And then it responds to the, like the color of your clothes. This is why when you wear like a suit and you like do your hair, you feel classy and you have a pocket watch. It's because you're like putting this classy vibration into the reality. You know, when I'm like, driving in the truck in the summer, got cut off shorts. And I'm like, little, you know, traveling Daniel. I have a traveling Daniel kind of energy because I'm putting out that code into the reality. You know, everything is a code and, and it is, it's this like this thought, emotion, action. That is how you program this reality. Um, and we learn more how we uniquely program as we go through this, this process and, and how this construct uniquely responds to us. And again, that's what this, this, this Pluto age is about really learning, like what generates results for you? How does the, you know, understanding the moon, but how do you uniquely 
operate in the moon signs. You know, yeah, okay, the moon's in Aquarius. How does the moon in Aquarius, though, uniquely affect you? Like, you know, this is by like self-observation. Now you can understand it by observing the collective as well, because it's always, it's all part of the lesson. Mm. You know, everything's a code, everything's a vibration. And then when we tune into it, we can really start to extract that, that data um, and, and, and better understand like where we are through this, this kind of this game, like a chessboard. I agree, man. You know, I, there's so much that you said was great that I want to ask you questions about. Um, and, you know, in terms of Pluto's energy and then this idea of Aquarius, and you, ha- you brought some great examples as, as well as with Aquarius in regards to technology. But, you know, with transformation and the idea of the renewal, right, like the new energy that could come from like destroying old patterns or old habits and starting over again, how do you think people – tune into that. I mean, I guess my question more specifically, when you see people and they're aware of this energy or they're aware that it's happening, what is a good recommendation? I suppose that you would tell me like, Hey, did you, if you notice that this is happening with your work heads up, because this is what you'll probably find yourself having to face. Um, sure. And this is how you can simplify that. And so I hope that question makes sense. Oh no, it's a great question, man. Great question to say about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and and again, too, like sometimes when we're thinking about astrology, it is just like the universal life force. It's simple. It's more simple than it seems like, cause like Pluto, we're like, okay, what does Pluto mean? Mm -hmm. Well, Pluto is rules the sign Scorpio. So they speak the same language. So it's cycles of death and rebirth, right? It's that it's the eighth sign of the zodiac. So it's like that circuit. It's the infinite sign. And if you remember, we, you know, you and I have had a lot of conversations on Scorpio because it's, it's your most dominant, you know, zodiac sign. It's your moon and your rising sign. And it's, it's like a really powerful energy for you. So we've had a lot of personal conversations about Scorpio and we've, Every really conversation on the podcast has a Scorpio hue to it because the esoteric and the occult is ruled by Scorpio. It belongs to Scorpio. It's like the, the, the study of the hidden. And one of the things that we spoke a lot about with Scorpio was the three levels of Scorpio, the snake, the, the scorpion, and the eagle, or the snake, the scorpion, and the phoenix. But it was always on three levels, right? And... One of the things that we we recognized it as, as like the eagle and the snake. And we've talked a lot about how this is like actually represented in serpent wisdom in the flag of Mexico. It's the eagle overtaking the snake, right? Well, a really important way of thinking about this as like how we approach cycles and patterns is the eagle in this representation is going to represent the highest version of Scorpio. Like you could see it as the phoenix, absolutely, and that's the deepest way. But in this in this um, allegorical representation that we're discussing and opening with our imagination, the eagle's representing the spiritual level of seeing cycles and patterns from the spiritual bird's eye view, right? The snake is going to represent the lowest form of cycles and patterns. This is the cycles and patterns that are coming out of the R complex. They're sexually driven. They're passion, desire-based, right? Low patterns, low vibration, low frequency patterns that have been created. 
very physical, right? Trauma even and things like that. Well, when the eagle, which is the spiritual Scorpio, Scorpio has to, you know, encounter this pattern with the snake, it doesn't go down to the level of the ground and fight the snake there. No, the eagle picks up the snake and it brings up that lower cycle and pattern of this low base formation of this calcinized component of ourselves. And it brings it high in the sky into the spiritual realm. And then it lets it go. And the snake now has no, it doesn't have its territory to fight in because the snake is good on the ground. Snake is good to slither. It's, it's, it's in its territory. The eagle takes it out of the territory, brings it up to the spiritual awareness, lets it go, re-sees it. So it lets it go, re-sees the cyclone pattern in the sky, catches it where it's vulnerable and kills it. And it kills it through the death and the rebirth and it kills it into the level of the spiritual. It doesn't change the pattern in the level that the pattern was created. It has to raise it above the pattern into the spiritual And that's also why we have to let it go before we can actually heal it. And that's why like you go and you see this pattern of this like deep thing that happened to you as a child and it created this cycle and pattern where you bring it up into the spiritual lens and then you let it go and then you get it to where it was vulnerable. Where did the, where did the pain come from? Where did, what did we start covering up with that wound? You know, because that's what these cycles and patterns are. They're cubes over something that was like a cut in us. And it was something that was exposed, that was sensitive. And our lower ego knew that if we healed that, we would have a more connection to the true source of life. So it covered it with like, it covered it with literally lead, the unincorporated component of ourselves. And they build up over these scars. And that's what these thick, like, you know, that's what gets calcified in alchemy. And the first step is these like cycles and patterns of thought, these emotional responses, this, this thought of the lower ego coming in and, and, you know, bringing on this like deception energy, you know? Um, and so when we approach cycles and patterns in this age of Aquarius, that's what we're looking at. How do I become the eagle? How do I catch it and bring it above and, and then get it in that space that it's, that I could actually destroy it because it kills it, but then it goes to the ground and it uses the corpse of that snake to create new patterns. It nurtures the ground, but it's nurturing this ground with this death and rebirth of the spiritual energy. And when it puts its spiritual energy into it and kills that pattern, it plants the seed of that spiritual energy when it dies. And that becomes a spiritual sprout in the future. You know, and that's why you don't realize how, how like you break a big pattern in your life and you, you incorporate a deeper part of yourself. You don't realize that like two months later, you're washing your hands and you have the most insightful moment of your entire life, you don't realize that that seed was planted two months ago when you when you faced off against a cycle and pattern and you took it to that space and you slayed it for it to be reborn as something bigger. Now you have this bigger insight. Now you got this little baby with you, like this little baby warrior with you. You know, now you have the relationships you wanted. Now you have the career that's attuned to your purpose and the labor of how you want to serve the universe they're tied together. It's blended together, you know, but it comes through these cycles and patterns and, and understanding that when you slay the snake, it becomes the seeds of deeper wisdom. And, and you really get to understand like the benefactor energy that came with the serpent cult. Um, 
you know, the serpent cult is the, the understanding of Enoch. It is the understanding of Jesus. It's the benefactor's energy of like prophets that come to show you how to slay your paradigm and slay your awareness of like what you really are and to remind you just how special right. humans are. And so, you know, even when you go the deepest into the story of humans' history, you know, something was was put into humans that wasn't planned and it made us more powerful than the ones that were created by. And that's in the deepest, oldest Sumerian text, right? There's something so, so special in us that this serpent wisdom is always trying to uncover. And the thing is, is it's infinite. So the more you go through death and rebirth, the more you raise up your ability to be this transmitter of this universal life force energy. And the more you clear up blocks, the more this universal life force energy can flow through you. And it truly will be this, this blooming illumination. And this is going to be in your informed field. And your informed field is what's going to actually be what penetrates into other people's fields. And your presence alone, when you're connected to your cycles and patterns, make somebody more in tune to their own cycles and patterns. Your confidence in, uh, in your love for yourself will actually, just by you being in space with people, will increase their confidence of love of themselves. It's your informed field. It's, it's simple because the true God is simple. And again, it, there's results. Everything is result fortified. This universal laws will benefit and they will present results when we align ourselves and understand it, you know, and that's, that's what the game of chess is about. You know, we spend the first beginning, it was like that Pluto and Capricorn stage was us learning how the pieces on the board moved, right? And we had to learn how the pieces on the board moved. And then when we start playing the game, we're responding to the black pieces. We're more in protection mode. We're just trying not to get captured. And then we start to play to be like, oh no, we can actually make moves in this reality and the black pieces respond to us. We can start capturing those black pieces. Well, those black pieces represent the incorporated part of your shadow. And you do want to capture those. You want to incorporate them back into yourself through love. And that's when you connect to yourself. That's why the white pieces overcome the black pieces. It's the internal self incorporating the shadow into the self. And you get all the way down to the king. And you can't capture the black king because that's the lower ego. You don't want to capture it. That's the body. That's the vessel. But you want, you don't want to, but you contain it. So you put it in its rightful place as third in line to the true king and queen, which is the white pieces, right? And, and this is what's so, so unique about it because that's what we're learning right now. We're learning about, you know, you learn the dance you can start to actually influence the dance and you can start creating cycles and patterns that open up timeline potential for you that were not on the parameters of your future before because you aren't open up those timeline potentials. But now it's like game on, you know, like it's time to rev up the generators. It's, it's time to really start to tap in to this universal life force. And we do that because we're the original magnet, you know, universal father, electricity, Universal mother, magnetism. Father is the creation, you know, life force energy. The mother is the container. Everything is a container of this universal life force learning itself. So are you, you know, so is the cup on your table. So is the chapstick that's jammed in the, you know, probably the seat of my car somewhere. You know, it's God learning itself as an unfortunate chapstick for the moment, you know, or maybe it's exactly where it wants to be. 
knows more than I do. You know what I mean? Um, I'm just kidding. I don't really use chapstick that often, but it's, so it's probably not chapstick, but it's probably something, you know, it could be, it could be anything, <laughs> but, um, I just, um, and then not, a, no, no, aim against chapstick. I just never, never, um, never did it. I think it's because I actually took like that when we were kids mm-hmm. and those like chapsticks that my sisters had, I think I took like a bite of one once cause it smelled, I, I feel like that was a memory or I saw somebody do it. I don't know. Maybe it happened in a past life, but I remember there's like this aversion to it, but that's beyond the point. We should probably cut this. Um, but either way, um, you know, um, I'm sorry, Matt. We'll cut that part if that's cool. I don't know, man. I mean, I did take a bite out of chapstick. I'm pretty sure at one point. So I'm right maybe there with you. you. Maybe it was your story to me about no, it. You no, know I, I, when I, but, yeah, no. So I, it's very much part of our history here. So I'll, I'll keep it, but I, dude, I love everything you're saying with the question that I asked you. And I know it's such a big question in terms of how this astrological energy and pattern can affect us if we see what it's doing or we see what it's not doing for us and the patterns that are there in front of us, you know, aren't always so clear. You know, it's again, through such tragedies that we live through that allowed us to have the real true eyes that help us see this internal beauty that we all have and we all care and we all like are connected to. And and we've talked about how it doesn't have to be this sort of, you know, awful experience that you have to go through. But every time I think it gets a little easier to tap into because you don't forget the pain you experience from that one tragedy or multiple multiple tragedies that y- you've gone through, whether it's like, you know, just, you know, grand shifts, like going through sobriety or, um, you know, letting go of a loved one or letting go of the past. The past can be so long in some people's mind, you know, of, of what they lived for so many decades or so many years. And then to let go of it is even just its own death, you know, but from the rebirth, every rebirth you have, and every time a new energy is presented within this construct, I think you can tap in a little faster and you'll find people who can do it too. And you start to befriend them a little quicker. I know for a fact, I work with someone like that right now, and she's about 11 years younger than I am. She's in her early twenties, but she's been through so much already in her life. So the trivial things of life that other people might be complaining about, she doesn't and her and I just kind of laugh about how how fortunate we are to be creators in this business that we're in and how we're getting paid to do the things that no one else wants to do to uh, you know gain whatever they need to gain in terms of our um, abilities. And again, I, I've, and I've complimented her several times, but it's clear as you hear her story that it's been so much for her since day one, since that she was born. So she sees the patterns and she laughs at the things that people are so sort of stuck into. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can make a big drama out of being in a situation that you could get yourself out of and you may be making it, making it even worse. You know, I, I knew people like this where yes, you have fallen in this metaphor into a uh, pit of sand or, or quicksand that's sort of bogging you down, but you're also thrashing and throwing a temper tantrum that's sinking you even deeper. Uh, if you just stop for a second and look over to your right or left, there's a branch you can pull yourself out of and it's going to get a little messy, but you'll you'll get out. And some people are just so caught up while they're knee deep in this looking at you going, how do you not see my situation? How do you not see how it's sucking me down? It must be so nice to be you on firm ground. And I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but you know, um, and you want to tell them, you know, like, 
I'm, I just decided not to thrash around and make the situation worse, but like my ankles are dirty too. Like I, I just got out of it and I found a way out of it. And now I see more of them around, um, this entire ground that we're walking on, but I'm going to go around them and I'm going to dodge them. So I don't fall back in. And if I do, it's going to be okay. Cause I know what to do already. And you move on that way. And some people just do not want to do that. That was like straight Dr. Seuss that you just did. That whole thing was, <laughs> I was going to say, ain't no crime to a rhyme, but you kept that going. That was, I was, I, I I'm going to listen back to that. I really liked, I like that understanding, but, um, but yeah, no, please, please keep going because I, I, I'm digging what no, you're saying. No, I just, I, I just think it's, it's interesting these patterns that even if you see them, right, even if you have an understanding, like you have such a good understanding. And I'm sure that when you do um, people's charts, you know, you're not there to just give them advice. They're just curious about what they can do with the information you're giving them as to where these metaphorical quicksand piles are in their path. It's really up to them on how they're going to react when they fall in. Because it's not a matter of if they're going to fall in. You're going to fall in. But what are you going to do once you're there? And how are you going to either make it worse or learn from it and come back out and keep going and understanding this dance? And something that you said that really uh, energized this conversation that I'm on right now with you also was when you talked about the the dance and how you can create your own dance and how your dance will also affect others to maybe start a new dance and, and this tangent of metaphors here, you know, there's also other music that hasn't been played yet. And you find a lot of people who are creating their own music, which then creates the dance, which then creates a new set of patterns. And we all have the ability to do that, even if we think we're not um, in some kind yeah. of rhythm or musically inclined. It's like we have a way in how we speak and how we speak about ourselves that creates this sort of you know, um, vibrational code that's out there. Um, and in this metaphor of music, it's these notes that are being played that come uh -huh. out of you and someone's going to hear them. You know what I mean? And those people who are hearing this sound are either going to collaborate with you or they're going to just mimic your sound. And you guys together are going to just keep destroying, uh, you know, patterns that are not, um, very good for, for the community around you. And then before you know, uh -huh. you're isolated with this person or some of you are isolated together in this low hanging or this low vibrating uh, codes. I mean, people are, are, are plugged into all kinds of vibrational codes. Some are just low and some are high frequency. And the ones that you want to be a part of, and for me at least, are the ones that, you know, bring you fulfillment, bring you closer to truth, love and wisdom, as you like to say, um, at all times. It just gets harder to do. You know what I mean? You find that the simplest things like a picnic with someone you really care about, um, is what actually helps you tap back in so fast. You're like, was it the sandwich or was it the blanket that I brought to this picnic? And it's like, no, it was the moment you took to just like let the birds chirp around and let nature do its course as the sun travels over your head and down into mm -hmm. a sunset that just kind of re-tapped into you or sure. allowed you to re-tap in to this vibrational code that's there in front of us. Um, yep. But thank you for answering that question in terms of like sure. Pluto. And yeah, it's energy yeah. just because, yeah, I mean, there's always going to be new energies. But what were you going to say, man? I think you had something to say right there. Oh, oh, oh. Um, no, man. And I, I, I loved what you were saying, um, especially about that component of like capturing the moments. And and that's a that's a big tool as well, is knowing like something that we spoke about just in passing. And it probably is a subject that we can do, you know, a whole conversation on is that understanding of like how we misuse the word God damn it. Hmm. Um, 
when really in those moments, we, we should, you know, in those moments, when we're at the picnic, God, damn it, damn this moment of bliss, damn this moment that I'm fully connected to the universe and I remember who I am. You know, I remember that I'm um, traveling through the valley of the shadow of death and I'm an immortal soul. Damn this moment, store this moment inside of my code so I can extract this moment when I don't find myself in an external, you know, you know, external experience that resonates this piece that I find right now. So using that component of like, God damn it, God help me store this for future references. And like, you can do that in so many moments and a laugh. God damn it. You know, you see a puppy, God damn it. Like store all of that energy. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to play with it because that's what's going to fortify you. And this also helps you in areas of like, hey, is my energy going to be received like I want it to be right now? And maybe it's not like, maybe this person you're with, you're like, should I say this to them? And you're like, actually, I don't think they're going to like, I don't think this is the person for this. God damn this wisdom for me because like, and and like, let me like, or even like damn the moment of the wisdom that you find, like insights about yourself. You come to this realization of yourself. God damn it. Store this remembrance of me. They help me remember this in my informed field so I can come back to this understanding, you know? Um, help me, help me store this through like components of like what gets kind of wiped at me at night, you know? And that's again, why it's so good to like have these nighttime reflections and look at what you ask to be damned throughout the day and to record it. Because again, yeah, your oversoul universal life force is storing that, but your lower ego is just like, what did you want to remember? And it's coming for that. And that's yeah. why you put it into, that's why you like collapse it into some kind of aspect that your informed field is going to be able to remember this, whether it's a sigil, um, you know, whether it's words on paper, um, you know, the sigil is a unique one because it, it keeps it between you and the universal life force and the demiurge doesn't understand it as much, you know, um, because like the tree of death, it can't read your mind. It reads you like Terminator reads you. It reads your heart rate. It reads what secretions are happening. It reads, it reads your body temperature. It reads like your response to stimuli can't read your mind. And this is the deep story of like Enoch and we'll go really deep into this, but this is even like the, the deep components of the Kabbalah with like the, the understanding of Doth, why you don't say it when you speak something. Yeah. The universe hears it, but so does the lower ego. So does the, so does the tree of death. The matrix hears it. That's why it's always trying to get you to speak. That's why it's always trying to get you to type out your messages and wants to learn more. You know, and, and this is what's so brilliant about Enoch and the pyramid. And we'll talk about that story, but, um, talk about the ultimate magician. Um, it was Enoch. There's a reason why, uh, he just ascended to heaven because he, uh, he turned the game on, um, so we can all turn our games on. And it was through understanding how this operation works. Um, but we'll speak about that. You know, this, this conversation again about the construct is, that we're, we're, it's like a scratch and sniff sticker. Like we're only scratching the stiffic and we've been scratching it the whole time. And it's just every time you get a little bit more of its essence, but we're never going to understand the fishbowl being inside the fishbowl. So we can only say what it's like and we can kind of like point to understandings of it. But, you know, of course, over time, we're going to fortify a more, ut- like a more utilized network understanding of what this experience is. But but we do have to learn it in these small conversations and these small parts. 
and understanding that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. It's not just learning alchemy. It's not just learning astrology. It's not just learning your true history. It's not just isolated in one subject. It's all of these subjects unifying and understanding that all subjects is the experience of consciousness. The subject of math is the experience of consciousness with numbers. You know, the subject of science should be the experience of, of consciousness with the scientific method. You know, um, the, you know, these, this is what we're, what we're looking at. We need to look at everything as this like understanding as consciousness. And then the cosmic classroom simply opens for us. There's nothing we have to do besides to open our awareness to it. It's so simple. But the thing is the cosmic classroom loves us so much that it doesn't impose itself on us. It makes us go towards it. And then it's a quickening and it will move mountains to get to us. And we'll have a unique form of protection. You know, even when the lotus come, I know that the universal life force is going to have me exactly where I need to be at the exact same time because I trust in it hundred percent. There's no fear. You know, I'll be exactly where I need to be. And, and, and that's what we look for through this fortification. And that's the, the only consent. The only consent we have is the relationship with this universal component of creation and knowing that our relationship with creation is, is completely the result of our trust in that relationship. And it has nothing to do with its trust in us. It's our trust in it, realizing that it is it. We are it, trusting it experiencing it, living through it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's not that big, scary clown. No, it is not that big, scary clown, but um, it can be, it can be, but it absolutely can be. Um, I mean, there's no denying, um, you know, I mean, there, um, yeah, I, I'm just going to not, I'm just going to hold my tongue. I don't know what was about to come out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say that that story in itself is made by an individual who's seen the opposite. You know, when you talk about the tree of death, someone like uh, Stephen King definitely has an understanding of a darker side of things that, you know, come out of us and interact with us at all times. And if we let it and feed it, it may just take us down to its depths. But something we talk about here all the time. So, sure. Um, that's a, that's what I was going to say about it when you brought up it. But um, I love everything you're saying, man. I really appreciate sort of the spiritual guidance you have for, um, you know, not, not just a complex but simple topic in terms of the vibrational code that exists, but how it's right there in front of us for the taking. And I think everybody wants to know how. How can I take it? How can I, you know, understand it? Is it going to take eons to, you know, sift through all of this, you know, ancient wisdom and, um, and, and and ancient, uh, texts and readings and understandings of different individuals who were tapped into this. And I think my answer for that is, I don't know what it's going to take for someone to tap in. Again, it could be an experience in life, or it could be just your curiosity that even brought you to this moment of listening to two individuals like this foolishly, just have a great conversation about what they believe is the ultimate quest and that is to just live simply within truth, love and wisdom. And that's all I'm trying to do. You know, I'm actually trying my hardest to undo the trying, uh, you know, <laughs> that's my goal right now is to, <laughs> is to float down that river and to be at peace. As you said earlier, you know, we're all looking to be at peace, but I think that's where the meditation lies. You know, if, if 
if meditating was so easy, everyone would be doing it, but everyone realizes oh. no, I need to make space. I need to make time and I need to have a moment with myself to tap into this code. And people are like, I'll do it tomorrow. And then you're back tapped into the noisiest and most uh, rattling vibration that uh -huh. exists at all times. You know what I mean? Even the moment we wake up with a cup of caffeine, it's like, oh, I'm drinking this caffeine, not because I didn't get enough sleep, but or or just because of that, but I need to kind of get to the tempo of what's happening outside those windows. You know, a lot of people yeah. I think don't realize that. They're like just energizing themselves to fall into the roller coaster. It's like, I need a running start. Here it is. Um, and I know some people aren't really so much involved in caffeine and caffeinated drinks to get this, but, but there's other ways to just jump right in. And that might just be by looking at your phone constantly or just like finding drama, you know, looking for drama, looking for problems at all times because you feed off of that in a way. And, you know, I hope that people can just turn away from that, turn off and tune into again, what this vibrational code can do for all of us. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. Um, but, uh, well, that's all I have to say for today, man. I, 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 again, I think it just took it all out in some of those rants there, but anything else you want to add to this idea of the spiritual construct? Well, yeah, like kind of, you know, this is going to be, um, something we completely build off of. And it's something we've, again, been building off of since the very beginning. And so it's just continuing right. the conversations and just opening up this, this space for it. And of course, you know, we, we're going to continue looking at things like the, um, the tarot and, and components like that. Um, but this will just be a forever conversation, um, because it will make us bring up back into time. It will connect us back to looking at ancient text, um, especially within like the new Testament, Sumerian, things like that. So this is just, um, it's only just the beginning, but, um, my friend, I had such a lovely experience chatting with you this morning. Well, goddamn. God damn it. Um, all right, man. Well, I will uh, I will let you go. And we'll connect with all of you. Thank you for all the listeners and all the support and all the great feedback for us just putting these episodes out. We appreciate you full-heartedly. We love our community. And dude, I love you, man. I love you and love the community. Thank you for, for, for sharing that as well. And I completely, completely resonate with everything. Um, and so, um, well, I guess until... Next time? Until next Question time. Question mark?